Just what does it take to go from zero to £200,000 in sales in just eight weeks? It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Today's guest on the show has been in business for a couple of years, but we're going to be taking a view back to all that's happened over those couple of years, including how they created a brand new e-commerce business and in just eight weeks grew the sales to £200,000 from zero, from nothing, no list, no nothing, just how they understood it, how they deployed the Facebook ads, how they put it all together. It's also a very seasonal business. So we're going to be talking about constraints, what they do with the rest of their time, loads of kind of cool, interesting angles coming up in today's episode. I thoroughly enjoyed recording it. So I hope you all enjoy listening to it. Before we get into that and meet our guest though, please do check out the sponsors. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Rob Harrison Plasto is the Chief Marketing Officer of the Moon Phase Studio. The studio exists to empower its customers to become more attuned to the moon through art, books and rituals. It was founded in November 2020 and they went from zero to £200,000 in just eight weeks. Hello, Rob. Hello. A phenomenal achievement. Well done. And I'm fascinated to hear how you managed to get that growth that quickly with something so new in the current e-commerce, heavily competitive, every angle taken world. So I'm very much looking forward to chatting to you about this. But before we get into all the real cool detail, tell us a bit about how you got started in e-commerce. Well, thank you. Um, Thanks for the compliment as well. Um, Well, I've always been into entrepreneurship. Um, back since um, when I was at university and also into writing and that fed into copywriting. So when I was at uni, I was a magazine editor there and I launched my own video production company, which was before YouTube. So we were creating videos to go on DVDs on the front of the student newspaper and magazine and things like that. And literally like two years later, YouTube came out. So like that was awesome. But yeah, so I started off in journalism, went into print media. Um, it was business to business and it's a dying industry. It was, you know, proper print. Um, so I left that, moved to Canada, ended up working for a nonprofit. Um, that opened my eyes to all sorts of different development issues and so on. And that led me back to the UK where I did a master's in sustainable development. And to pay my way through all that, I took up copywriting again, this time for um, SEO clients. 
Um, that kept my hand in the game for a long time, actually. Kept doing that whilst I was still working. Ended up working at the university that I studied at. Got a job there, worked my way up. And then whilst I was there, I created a program called Engineering and Entrepreneurship, which is the first program of its kind where students get to launch a startup and get credit for it. So you get a degree and you get your own startup and you get seed funding for it. Um, that got me chatting with loads of people in like fast growth startups and industry like that. And that got me super excited and I started plotting escape um, from the <laughs> university. Um, and it was at the same time that my wife was launching an e-commerce brand. And given my copywriting background, that got me even more into it. And then bit by bit, um, I started playing around, building my own stores, then started consulting a bit. Um, and then my friend, good friend, Hayley, um, who's the, the artist behind Moonface Studio, came to me and said, um, can't do anything because of COVID. Um, I usually make these really big, lovely moon calendars every year and I go around the different markets. But because of COVID, she couldn't. So she said, how about we try and sell some online? I was like, okay. Um, so we put up a store pretty quickly. But we knew who we were talking to. And I think that was what was really important. We had real empathy for who's using this and why. Um, and that came through in what we were doing. And we ended up pushing Facebook ads, essentially, to scale it beyond, yeah, scale it to the moon. It's Moonface Studio, right? And we, <laughs> nice thank you very much. Um, we, yeah, we did 200K in eight weeks off of Facebook ads. The whole thing was just all Facebook ads. And that was, yeah, quite an eye opener. I've not seen it go that fast, that quick before. Um, it was in the lead up to Christmas, so it's perfect timing. So we, yeah, we launched in the, in the November and just scaled it incredibly quickly. And it, it was a lot of fun. You've given, you've given us so much there, Rob, but there's two key things, I guess, which, which which come to me from what you've just been saying. One, it wasn't just Facebook ads. Let's just be honest. It wasn't just Facebook ads. And we'll dive into why it wasn't just Facebook ads in a minute. Mm -hmm. um, which, you're, which, guys, you can't see Rob, Rob's face, but Rob's looking at me really confused. But it was about Facebook ads. What's she on about? Don't worry. It will all become clear. I think I know um, what you're going to say. And then the uh, the other thing is, I think it's so entertaining that... that um, universities create these amazing entrepreneurial degrees, but a university is one of the least entrepreneurial places yes. in the world. <laughs> yes. And I do just wonder how, you know, how that feeds into the, uh, like the staff retention strategy on the entrepreneurial programs. Cause I can imagine if you're the sort of person who should be in charge of an entrepreneurial program, you're probably not the sort of person who should be working at a university. So it just personally amuses you that you, created that amazing scheme that will help so many people that amazing sorry degree that will help so many people and then obviously you got inspired by what you were doing which led to you leaving the university to do something more entrepreneurial mm -hmm. I find that fascinating and I'm not the only one because whilst I was there um the head of engineering um he left and did a spin out the director of education did the same yeah I think I think universities got to think long and hard about how they uh manage entrepreneurship because oftentimes they don't and if anything they can be a bit of a block to it not always um, but just the the way that they're set up all about the research all about like this sort of antiquated idea of prestige and academia it's it's not conducive to entrepreneurship most of the time <laughs> 
And then when it is, it goes so well, they leave. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a place where loads of ideas get come up with, but where the personality profile of someone who someone who will survive and thrive in academia is about as far away from entrepreneurial mm. as you can get. But we could, I, I could happily talk about this for the rest of the podcast, but it's not what the listeners have tuned in for, <laughs> let's be honest. So let's come back to the Moonface Studio. We will get into... To, the mix that you had to put in place to get yourself from that zero to 200K in eight weeks in a moment. Before we do, let's just kind of, because that was tail end of 2020, we're now in 2022. So let's let the listeners know where you're at at the moment. Um, so where in the world are you? Where are you selling to? Okay, so Haley and I are in Cornwall um, and we're selling in the UK and in America. And we're currently um, building uh, new stores for Canada and then eventually the EU as well. Cool. And we've kind of glossed over what the actual physical product is. So do you just want to tell us a little bit about why the product exists and what it actually physically is, please? Okay. It's quite difficult to explain. Um, you have to see it, but it's beautiful, basically. And I think one of the reasons for its success is product market fit. It's just a gorgeous thing that people who want to connect with something uh, larger than themselves, um, who are into like cyclical living, like lunar living and so on. So living by the moon. So planning their, their projects and, and what they're doing with themselves around what's going on in the heavens and so on. Um, it's got links to astrology to a certain extent. But essentially what it is, is a, a diagram almost of the year. You can see the entire year and you can see every phase of the moon of, around the outer circumference. And then you can see the zodiac transitions. You can see the pagan wheel of the year. You can basically see all the information that you might need at a glance, day by day, for the entire year of what's going on in terms of the the sun, moon, and stars. So it's literally a wall chart. Yeah. A very beautiful wall yeah. chart for a very specific purpose. That's right. And since the initial launch, you've expanded to some peripheral products as well. Mm -hmm. So what led you to bring those into the mix? I'm talking with our customers um, and helping them to, to be able to decipher the calendar and know how to use it. And that's something we're still working on. Um, literally in the last week or two, we've been doing loads of primary research. So we've been interviewing customers both in the UK and in America to much better understand who they are, what they need, what they want. We've been mapping what we call this emotional content framework. So I properly understand what are the emotional needs that um, are related to this product and to their experience and their use of it. What does it feel like when those needs are being met? What does it feel like when those needs are not being met? Because essentially, as a as a way of creating the store and the copy, we're selling that transformation, that transformation between the need not being met, the pain point, to the need being met, which is that transformation. That's why people buy. That's why they come back again, and really connecting deeply with that. So it's it's, it's empathy led, basically. Excellent. And um, what platform are you doing all this on? Shopify. Simple as that. Yeah, everyone, you were trying to wait, how they got it up and running so quickly and scaled it so quickly? Shopify. Clearly, it was it was going to be Shopify. Any key widgets or plugins you've used over the last couple of years you'd like to give a plug to? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of different ones. There's um, We use an upsell app. Um, 
imaginatively called Upsell Now, I think. Um, we were ba- we got a bunch of apps on there. We're using loads. That's one thing about Shopify. Basically, if you want to do anything other than basic stuff, you've got to have apps, right? So we've got loads. Most of the apps that we've got on there help us in some way, um, either A-B testing things, upselling things, uh, or giving us more data to go on to make decisions. Um, uh, however, one app that I think they previously sponsored your show, Clavier. Love Clavio. Yeah, Clavio, yeah, sorry. Love Clavio. Clavio, yeah. We have to get the name right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we use that. That's been incredibly useful. And what does the team look like? Is it just you and Haley, or have you outsourced a couple of the key things? So as well? we've got Haley, myself, and Rachel. Rachel's helping us out with customer service because um, you can imagine doing that many sales that quickly in such a small period of time. One of the first things to get a bit wobbly is the customer services. Um, we outsource our fulfillment and distribution. So we've got um, partners in America that just it, it all integrates with Shopify. And then we've got a fulfillment center in the UK as well. So it's all hands off in that regard. We push out ads, we do you know our, our marketing efforts, but then everything just goes out to um, those fulfillment centers. Um, so at the beginning, it was crazy. It was in Haley's living room. She was surrounded by poster tubes and stacks of prints, just trying desperately to keep up with with the with the orders. And it very quickly became clear that there's no way, no way we're going to be able to do that. Um, so we outsourced that straight away, pretty much. At the moment, we're outsourcing a bit of blog writing, a bit of link building, um, and things of that sort of nature. And I think we're going to be leaning on that a little bit more heavily this coming year as we start to grow our organic traffic not just the the advertising well because it's it's one thing creating that emotional content framework you know the why behind why customers are buying the products if you don't do anything with it then you know what was the point in doing the research piece and obviously i'm sure that's going to feed into your ads and product pages but with such a an information and lifestyle linked product, you've got to fill in the copy on the site, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got so much content in the works because there's just, it, it links to so many different topics and people want to know how to use it. They want to know about all the different aspects. Um, a lot of the people are, are new to to that kind of wellness kind of um, niche um, and they're quite new to it and they need a bit of handholding um, and they've got a lot of questions, which means that we've got a lot of content to create in order to, to satisfy those questions and to help them get the most out of it. But one of the good things about the business, and this is one of the reasons other than Facebook ads that you got to 200,000 so quickly in those first eight weeks, is it's a very seasonal business because you're creating a calendar that runs mm-hmm. on the calendar year. So there's kind of like that... <laughs> tail end of the year plus Christmas, mop up a few people in January. But there's a definite part of the year where the sales are going to be high, which enables you, I guess, to run the business a bit more seasonally too. Yeah. What we're trying to do at the moment is to better understand our customers in order to provide other products throughout the year. But we know full well that quarter four is where you know the majority of our income is going to come from. We're looking at the moment to bring on some more books and we're going to start doing some apparel. But the thing we're really excited about is the creation of a journal, a planner. So rather than at the moment, a lot of our customers, um, they're using the, the, the calendar, but then they've got like a physical journal or planner that they use in order to do like their goal setting and their reflection. 
So what we want to do is we want to create our own version of that and use Haley's amazing, beautiful artwork to make it just absolutely stunning. Um, and then we'll be able to really support our customers in what it is that they're trying to do. Yeah, because it's the artwork, guys, when you see the artwork, you may be Googling it right now, but it's certainly, it's static artwork. You're not filling it in as the purchaser. So yes, you would, you know, you, you need to go, how does this then relate to my year and my my diary and all the rest? So that makes, that makes an awful lot of sense, more interactivity. Um, and of course, looking at the artwork, it has to be Haley's artwork. Otherwise it just oh, yeah. wouldn't, so, fit. wouldn't fit. We're a bit busy at the moment. Um, and Haley's actually got another business that she runs. Um, so, and again, because it's seasonal, yeah, we have to sort of plan around uh, actually creating the artwork. So she's already thinking about next year's one right now. Um, we've been talking to our customers to get their input on it too. Um, so there's lots of ideas floating about. Um, so yeah, watch this space. The next one's already coming and it's you know still early part of 2022. Now we mentioned that it's a bit seasonal and we've mentioned that, um, that Haley has another business as well. You also have other interests, which I think is a really interesting angle on this because this this isn't anyone's full-time job, is it, the Moonface Studio? No. No, we're all part-timers. Is there any intention to take it to full-time or are you very keen to keep it as a part-time role? There are times in the year where it is full-time, but I think because of the seasonality of it, when we're not in that peak period, we've got time to, to do other things, which is great. Um, for me, it allows me and enables me to take on a lot of other projects. I'm involved in a bunch of different climate activism projects. So in many ways, that funds my ability to participate um, in, in different environmental movements, which is excellent. Um, and then I'm also a co-founder of a, an agency based on our experiences with this and my wife's e-commerce brands and some consultancy work that I've been doing previously. There's now a team of three of us. So we've got a, a web designer, my wife, who's a professional researcher for a long, long time, um, and myself, and we build highly converting e-commerce stores. So we're doing more and more of that. We're working with organizations and businesses that want to make a difference in the world. And we, we're trying to help them as much as possible so that they change the world. We increase their conversions. By proxy, we're helping them to change the world more and more. It's a lovely fit, I think, the Moonface Studio with um, improving the planet, sustainability, climate activism, etc. Because, you know, you said you're getting a lot of people coming to this new. I would assume that is part of the general global human desire to reconnect with nature, to save the planet, to do all these things. And, you know, that massive block of rock that's circling us is quite an obvious place to start on your journey of of going beyond just planting out a window box. <laughs> yeah. Well, another one of the things I do is called the Pathfinders Collective. And it's all about regeneration, which is sort of going beyond sustainability. And it's about finding new ways new paths into the future, different types of business, um, different ways of seeing ourselves. I was recently interviewing um, a chap called Professor Tim Lenton, who's an, he's just an amazing academic and climate hero, D did a load of work on tipping points um, and Gaia theory. Um, he's kind of picked up the Gaia theory uh, mantle from James Lovelock. And in conversation with him, 
we talk about the same thing that's at the core of the Moonface Studio, which is this idea of nature connection, this understanding of human identity within a context of we are here sat on a pale blue dot. We are very much a part of nature. We're not separate from nature. There's a great Alan Watts quote that I like, which goes along the lines of the earth peoples, just like an apple tree apples. Like we're not made and put here. We came from this. This is us. And a lot of what Tim Lenton's work um, and that of Gaia theory seeks to do is to reposition and recontextualize human identity within that frame of reference. And the same thing's there within the Moonface Studio. It's all about nature connection. It's all about trying to rekindle a sense of awe and reverence for what we're a part of. Um, and that in turn builds that connection and, and that love for where we are for our planet. And quite clearly, that level of understanding that you've brought to Moonface, together with Haley's knowledge of her customers and all the rest of it, is one of the reasons you were able to launch and scale so quickly. And we should probably dive into that for the for the audience's benefit. Yeah. So, so you you said that you know one of the reasons you grew fast was you launched it not through planning because Haley couldn't go out to trade fairs; she needed to sell something, so it needed to launch at that Christmas period. So it was a good time to launch. You had that knowledge of the customers. You knew what there was a, there was a market out there for that product. You both were bringing an awful lot of knowledge of what the potential whys were to the party. So how did you build that into the marketing to make sure you maximize the impact in that eight week period? You know, cause I think a lot of people could have got distracted with setup or distracted with problems rather than being really focused on how can we make the most we possibly can in these two months. So so, so how did you pull it all together to make it all happen? There you go, massive question for you, Rob. <laughs> um, I would love to say that we're both like e-commerce geniuses and planned the entire thing. It was a surprise in many ways as to how good a product market fit we got. It wasn't a surprise in terms of the fine-tuning of the, the messaging and the Facebook ads. Like, the process that I've got with the ads, I knew that if it's going to work, I know how to scale it. Like I did a bunch of audience testing. I tested and A-B tested all the copy, all the images, the videos, everything. So once I knew that we had something that worked, um, then it became a question of we've got the right message with the right creative going to the right audience. Now we just need to scale it. And I did a mixture of what I call vertical and horizontal scaling um, until such a point that I was able to get enough data on the pixel to start running lookalike audiences and so on. But essentially, the the, the single interest um, targeting audiences from the beginning were the ones that actually performed the best. So I just kept either increasing the budget by 20% every couple of days, or I would... Um, well, actually, I've got a full method about like how much scaling I do, and then I copy and duplicate the the ad set, and then just keep doing that. So by the end of it, I've got all these um, ad sets that are going up and up and up and up with their little twins that then come off, and then they go up and up and up, and then I duplicate the different ads. Um, there's some weird little intricacies within Facebook ads. Like when you start playing around with it, it seems completely counterintuitive. Like why would you run three copies of exactly the same ad at the beginning you're like that doesn't make any sense but it does because it captures different pockets of data the data that the pixels using isn't evenly distributed and the way that the machine learning happens isn't 
you know, human logic. Um, so what you can do is you can put out all these different duplications of the exact the same thing, but get different results. So then it's like pruning a tree. You send out all these different um, little branches out and you see which ones hit the jackpot and then you trim off all the ones that don't work and then you just keep growing and growing the ones that do. Yeah, that's it. You've got to play the algorithm, haven't you? It's not, yeah. it's not human logic. It's not yeah, human you've got, logic. you've got to think like the algorithm. Exactly. Give the algorithm the best chance of success and life will be easy. Um, do you think part of the reason that the business has you know, had that very successful launch and is continuing to be successful now is because the seasonality of it, plus the fact that everyone involved has other interests, means you have to be very focused and make definitive decisions about what you're focusing on at any point in time. You're not just rocking up on a Monday morning and going, I've got a whole week to fill. What shall I do? But you're you're doing more of a, right, November, December needs to be this. At the moment, uh, we're recording this in March. Um, this is when we're starting, when we're getting our research finished, planning our content to create in the summer and Haley's busy starting the design for for the 2023 calendar. Do you think those kind of restrictions of the seasonality, restrictions of the time you're able to spend on it, make it make life easier or harder? I'm a big one for constraints. I think constraints are good. I think they encourage creativity, they provide focus, and you get stuff done. So yeah, yeah I mean, if you look back at like well, loads of different creative things. Like I look back at some of my favorite directors and when they were broke and when they just had to make do with what they got, they get really creative and they do amazing things. Um, and then when they become these huge, you know, Hollywood megastars and they can do whatever they want and they have these massive budgets, they often make really crap films. So there's something to be said about having constraints and having to be creative and just go for it. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Bright Pearl by Sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers. Their mission is clear. Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. Their built for retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfillment, shipping, purchasing, accounting, and even retail business intelligence, all enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash brightpearl. We've all reached peak frustration at one point or another with Google Ads. You've created a beautiful campaign with all the right keywords and targeting and ads that are the perfect fit for your perfect customer. But the sales just aren't coming in and you just can't work out which Google Ads lever you should pull to fix it. Sound familiar? Well, thanks to my friends over at Specialist PPC Agency Digital Gearbox, you don't have to struggle any longer. Digital Gearbox take the hassle out of navigating the murky dark arts waters of Google Ads and right now they're offering a free in-depth account audit for anyone who might be stuck in a rut with their campaigns. To improve your Google Ads performance, please book your free audit today at digitalgearbox.co.uk forward slash masterplan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, 
Rob, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Are you ready for the top tips? Yes, let's do it. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, I have got a huge stack of books all about startups, copywriting, marketing, the works, and I'm going to ignore all of them. And I'm going to say, take Friday and read Donut Economics by Kate Rayworth. The reason that I'm suggesting that you do that is because inside that book, it builds on um, something called ecological economics, which sounds like the least sexy thing you ever want to read about. But it's probably the most important thing you ever read about because it's about essentially a paradigm change in, in how we see the economy and the environment which in many ways explains why we're in the mess that we're currently in. Because we live in a situation where we think that the environment is some sort of resource, some sort of subsystem of the economy, when in actual fact, it's the other way around. The economy is a subsystem of the environment. It's part of the ecosystem. And you can't have an infinitely growing subsystem within a closed system above it of the planet. At some point, stuff starts to fall apart. So even though all these ideas that we've had about business and economies and so on have served us so incredibly well over the last few hundred years, they are fundamentally flawed because the vision that they've got behind them is based on false assumptions that just no longer um, stand up when you hit a certain point of scale. And I think what's going to happen over the next couple of hundred years is a shift from one economic paradigm to another. And that's what climate change is. Climate change is that massive wake up call and symptom saying this is broken. It doesn't work. We need to change. Nice. That's donut economics. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay. Traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, given all we were talking about earlier, I can't, I can't not say Facebook ads. Even though, like with the whole iOS fourteen thing, and it getting harder, I think had had I tried to scale Moonface Studio the year after, um, I think I would have found it incredibly difficult. But luckily, the year I did it, I had all the data I needed. I knew exactly what to do. So when it came to the second year round, we could still hit the same sort of numbers. Um, even though I was doing quite a lot of it blind or at least partially sighted because I had nowhere near as much data the second time around. But I still find it incredibly powerful. And then I can't not say also organic traffic. We're pushing on that like mad this year because it's free once you put all the hard work in. But yeah, I love, love Facebook ads um, and Instagram ads. Well, especially when that SEO hard work is also what your existing customers want to buy. So it's a conversion rate optimization tactic a retention tactic and an mm -hmm. seo tactical rolled into one uh, yep total no-brainer um okay the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day um so with my uh colleagues at time so we manage all our um actually and also me and Haley, uh moonface studio we whatsapp group chats, loads of WhatsApp messages going all the time, Google Workspace, and then Loom. So instead of like having meetings all the time, we'll just do a screen recording, talk about what it is that we want, more often than not looking at some sort of web page that we're designing and giving each other notes so that the other can watch it whenever they want. And then I'm going to throw in a random one, which is to say um, so much of business 
e-commerce, all of it is about mindset. Um, I've definitely picked that up over the last few years. It makes a huge difference. Um, and because of that, sounds a bit um, woo, but then I'm working for Moonface Studio. Mind Valley. If you've not used it, get the Mind Valley app and do some of the courses on there because they will change your business because you will change as a result and then you'll change the way that you do your business and then crazy stuff can happen. Well, there's a big tip. Okay, uh, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who is focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? My number one tip without doubt would be do your research. Uh, so many people want to skip to the end. They think they know what they're doing. They whack a load of stuff up. They make loads of guesses. They assume things. But you've got to do your research. Scour the internet for reviews, comments, read competitor reviews, interview your customers, read up on psychology and persuasion. Try and do what David Olgavy used to suggest, which is to enter the conversation already going on in your prospect's head. When he used to take on a client, he'd go and He'd become an anthropologist for a while and essentially just observe and do his research. So once you know them inside out and you can map map not just their demographic or psychographic information, but also use empathy, understand those emotional needs and so on, that's where the gold is. Um, and then once you've got all that information, keep experimenting, keep A-B testing, test all your assumptions. And I think your other podcast talks about this, keep optimizing. That's the whole plan, right? Just like get to the depth of it and and then test, test, test. And it's all about the research. Gold star for mentioning keep optimizing. The theory, if not the podcast, is just essential. Um, <laughs> Rob, right, we've got a few things to tell the listeners about before we let you go. First off, where can they find more about the Moonface Studio? So uh, Moonface Studio, go onto Instagram, just type in Moonface Studio, you'll find it. Uh, you can also go to um, themoonfacestudio.com. I think that's the, the best place to find us is probably on Instagram and the website, obviously, to go look at how beautiful it is. Excellent. And as you've mentioned, from what you've achieved with Moonphase, you've now kind of amalgamated that into an agency to help other great e-commerce businesses scale fast called Time Agency. So tell us a bit about what you're doing for people and where they can find you if they're interested in a conversation. Thank you very much. Okay. So um, if you go to timeagency.io or it's underscore time agency on Instagram, or you can find me, Rob Harrison Plasto, on LinkedIn. Um, what we do is we build highly converting e-commerce stores. We really dig into the research, obviously, that's what I've been talking about. Um, and yeah, between the three of us, we leave no stone unturned in terms of like, how can we make this um, more highly converting, not just in the sense of A-B testing, how big your call to action is, or like making sure it's a different color, but like really digging deep into who your customer is, what you're doing, so that as soon as somebody lands on your website, they feel um, that it's talking to them. Um, and that's that's conveyed not only in the copy, but in the imagery, in the look and feel of the whole website and its navigation. And we, we're all massive geeks for it. We love it. So, so it's actually like, it's an absolute joy to do that with, with Craig and with Becky. Excellent. And I believe you've got um, a nice freebie for the listeners as well, as if we haven't given them enough today. I know. So if you go to timeagency.io, you will find a, uh, a guide on there um, called Seven Killer Strategies for Highly Converting Websites. Um, and in that, 
are some great ideas to get you started. Um, if you want to increase your conversion rate, and let's face it, who doesn't? Because the moment you do that, you can increase your revenue without increasing your advertising spend. It's a no-brainer. Um, there's seven, in fact, strategies in there to help you do exactly that. Excellent. Okay, Rob, thank you so much for sharing all of that and sharing. So I think feel like we had quite an interesting rambling chat where we covered an awful lot of big topics. <laughs> so um, it's been a pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope the listeners have too. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you. So really interesting take from Rob there on Lots of angles, really. Um, I think the the fast growth side of it is really interesting because they got all their ducks in a row. They knew what they were doing. They got focused on one marketing channel. They got the website where they needed it to. They learned lessons from it, and then they've been deploying those ever since. I think the the love of constraint is something I thoroughly am in with. You know, when I've restricted myself to only working Monday to Friday, everything in my world got better. Um, and you know, I'm also a fan of, you know, you all, you will have all heard me say this before, but the key to success in any business, especially an e-commerce business is working out what we should do from all those thousands of things that we could do and putting constraints forces you to make better decisions and to say no to more things. So loving his, his thoughts on constraint there. And then the piece they're currently going through, I think is really inspiring and really core to how to take the step forward with the big shifts we're going to be seeing and we are already seeing in marketing this year with increased competition with you know the death of all the cookies and consumers desire for more of an emotional connection so that research they're doing to create that emotional content framework and then feeding that into their marketing i think is really clever lots to take in from our chat there To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you're intrigued by what Rob and I were saying around um, Facebook ads and that creative process they're taking, our whole month about Facebook ads, which is coming up next month on Keep Optimizing, is going to be all about bringing more creative and adapting your Facebook ads to the new algorithmic cookie-less world we're living in. And um, hopefully, Rob will be coming back to talk about the process they're using at Time Agency to do that for other brands so you can, can copy what they're doing. So that's coming up on our sister podcast, Keep Optimizing, um, next month. So look out for that one. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the E-commerce Master Plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please help them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast, add it to their phone, to their podcast app, send them a link, whatever it takes, get them to listen as well. I hope you have a brilliant week and do not forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. 
More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A 